I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, December 26th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week. Then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right. I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas with their family. We've had a lot of sports going on, although not a ton coming up this week. So a little bit preview there. This should be a quicker episode because of that. So starting with the NBA, Damian Lillard scored his season high 40 points on Tuesday against the Spurs. But that was not the only note reason noteworthy part of this game, especially as San Antonio was without Wemby. He was out with a sore ankle. But those 40 points for Lillard put him over the 20,000-point milestone in his entire career. He is the 51st NBA player to reach that 2,000-point mark, the 8th active player. This was Lillard's 794th game in his career, which makes him the 17th fastest player to reach that 20,000-point mark. This week in the NBA, we started with some great and high-scoring games. The Rockets-Cavaliers game went into overtime. The Cavalier team got the better of the Houston team, winning by five. The Rockets are now 2-10, and ten. Oh, and they play away. The Clippers put up 151 points in their win over the Pacers. Harden scored 18 straight points in the fourth quarter. 76ers Embiid has scored 40 points in three straight games, and the 14th, 30th, Point thir- 14th 30 point game including on Wednesday he had a 51 point game although it wasn't enough to beat the Bulls on Monday also John Morant returned to the court on Tuesday for the Grizzlies game against the Pelicans good thing too because they needed it as he had an amazing game buzzer beater like literally at the buzzer to win the game and they are now 3-0 and since his return he was voted player of the week for the Western Conference, as a matter of fact. So 
The Warriors then upset the Celtics in overtime. Curry hit a clutch three-pointer in overtime to beat them by six. Then the Clippers won their ninth straight game on Wednesday after beating the Mavericks in Dallas. They then would go on to lose the next two games, though. Steph Curry also put up eight three-pointers and 30 points in just the in just 27 minutes in his game. The Lakers ended their four-game losing streak after LeBron scored 40 points on Saturday. The Pistons now sit at 26 straight losses. They play the Nets tonight, who they lost to last time they played 126 to 115. Then also in Dallas, Luka Doncic put up his first 50-point game of the season and only the fourth of the year so far in the league. His point total has now eclipsed 10,000 points. He is the fastest player to reach that mark since MJ. That also helped his Dallas team beat the Suns 128 to 114 on Christmas Day. A little bit of men's basketball. The Pac-2 is, as I call it, but really Oregon State and Washington State have partnered with the West Coast Conference in several different sports. It's 12, including men's and women's basketball. This agreement is for two years and does not include baseball. College football was announced earlier this month where they reached an agreement with the Mountain West to play six opponents there. Oregon State has come out to say that gymnastics, wrestling, track and field, and rowing will stay with the Pac-12 for now. So nice to see the Pac-2 getting a home somewhere. Also in men's basketball, Houston, James Madison, and Old Miss are still Old Miss, not Old Miss, are still undefeated. Everyone else has suffered at least one loss. Those three teams are in the rankings this week. Also, number seven FAU is the highest the Owls have ever been in program history. So nice excitement there. So this week in losses in the top 25, we actually didn't have a crazy week. So we started the week on Tuesday with ranked teams in action and game one was a huge upset. Number six, Marquette played unranked Providence and got their ass kicked by them. The Friars won 72 to 57. Providence is now ranked to no one's surprise. Number 23, Memphis continued their winning streak against ranked teams, this time beating number 22, UVA. Handily, they won by 23. That is now their third ranked win in a row. Number five, UConn was upset by unranked Seton Hall. They only scored 60 points in the entire game. Seton Hall scored 75. We then had a big ranked versus ranked game in the Jumpman Invitational. Number 11, UNC beat undefeated number seven, Oklahoma, after the Sooners started slow. That is the Sooners' first loss of the season, and it was a big one, losing to the Tar Heels 81-69. to Then number 21, Duke, had a nice bounce back to beat number 10, Baylor, by eight. That is a big one, seeing as Duke has already lost multiple games this season. And that is Baylor's, I believe, second loss now. Number 12, Creighton started off well against Villanova, up by 10 at half. But the Wildcats came back to tie it up, and we went into overtime. Nova then scored 10 points to Creighton's 8. Now the Blue Jays are 0-1 to start in the Big East. We then had no upsets actually on Thursday or Friday, despite 14 ranked teams being in action. Saturday only had one top 25 loss, but it was an amazing game. Number 14, FAU versus number four, Arizona. Arizona started off well, but FAU closed with a 42 point half. We then went into overtime. 
Oh, and then we were still tied at the end of the first overtime. So we went into double overtime and FAU gets the better of the Wildcats by one. Thus, they are in the top rankings, you know, at the highest they've ever been. So congratulations to the Owls there. Moving along to NCAA football, it was huge news this week. Florida State is suing the ACC over the grant of rights and a $100 million exit fee. Basically, what it boils down to is that Florida State is looking to exit the conference in the future. So they are doing this on the basis of failure to perform, citing a $30 million disparity per school annually in the media deal with the Big Ten and the SEC. Florida State also argues the distribution of revenue is not up to par, basically saying that they should be getting more of the pie as they are one of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand in the ACC. That is implied. That is not actually legally stated in, I think, their 48-page or something like that, 28-page rebuttal and why they're suing. So this has absolutely never happened before, that a conference has been sued by a school. So there is no precedent on what has happened in the past. So it is a huge TBD on how this is going to be moving forward. Bowl games continued this week. UTSA scored 21 points alone in the second quarter, which was enough to beat Marshall. The Thundering Herd, though, had the leading passer, rusher, and receiver in their game and still lost 35-17. to Syracuse looked like a dead man walk-in. They put up zero points, and South Florida had a field day. They put up 45 points. Needless to say, they won their bowl game. Georgia Tech and UCF was a great game, although it was kind of tough to tell the two teams apart as they have very similar colors. They were tied 17-17 at half, but after that, it was all Yellow Jackets. Georgia Tech wins 30-17 in the Gasparilla Bowl. Troy may have been favored in the 76 Birmingham Bowl by quite a bit, but they were upset by Duke losing 17-10. NIU brought out all the trick plays in their bowl game, including a fake kick, which completely worked because the kicker ran for a 32-yard field goal. The Huskies beat the Red Wolves 21-19. Also, it was the Arkansas State Red Wolves, not Arkansas Razorbacks, that were playing in that bowl game against NIU. ESPN flat out showed Arkansas and their Razorback logo. They were 100% wrong. Also, speaking of being 100% wrong, I was... 100% wrong on this next game. JMU, James Madison, got the opportunity to play in a bowl game after there were not enough 6-6 and teams to make all the bowl games. So, naturally, I thought they would be stoked to be playing in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. But Air Force came to play. Air Force was up 21-7 at half and finished up 10 points. Finished up with 10 points, although the Dukes tried to mount a comeback. They won, excuse me, by those 10 points. And then first quarter of the Idaho Potato Bowl was exciting with a lot of points scored. We were 21-14 after the first quarter. Georgia State then continued to pile on, beating Utah State 45-22. Then South Alabama was a double-digit favorite in the 68 Ventures Bowl, and for very, very good reason. The Jaguars put up 59 points against Eastern Michigan and won 59-10. This was also South Alabama's first bowl game win ever. Northwestern made their second bowl game since 2018, and it was the first under head coach David Braun. The Wildcats beat the Utes in the opposite of the game before, so a very low-scoring game, 14-7. to 
I don't think either of the teams on this next bowl game in the Hawaii Bowl were super focused as they're in Hawaii, but Coastal Carolina did get the better of San Jose State, winning that bowl game 24-14. Moving along to the NFL, so we're going to finish up last week for Monday Night Football. The Seahawks had the leading passer, rusher, and receiver, so Unlike last time, it should not surprise anybody that they did beat the Eagles. The Eagles were leading going into the fourth quarter. Then things started to unravel for the Philadelphia team. Seattle scored a field goal. Then Philly threw an interception. The Seahawks did nothing with it. They literally went three and out. Then the Eagles punted it back. Seattle then goes 92 yards in 10 plays to score the go-ahead touchdown with just 28 seconds remaining. The Eagles were then driving but quarterback Jalen Hurts threw another interception, and that sealed the game. This is the Eagles' third loss in a row, so hopefully their season isn't about to unravel as that second half just did. Then Thursday night football's game was the Saints versus the Rams, who both were at 7-7 seven and seven coming into this game. The Rams were leading 27-7 to seven going into the fourth quarter. They held off the Saints despite the New Orleans team coming back to score 15 alone in the fourth quarter. It was not enough. We also had two games on Saturday. Obviously, we've got we, we've had seven bowl games, but we also had two NFL games. The Steelers shut down down the Bengals in the first half leading 24 to 0 going into the locker room needless to say they ended up winning they ended up winning though 34 to 11 that breaks their three game losing streak then we had the Bills playing in LA against the Chargers which should have been an easy game for them the Chargers are 5 and 9 and the Bills were 8 and 6 but the LA team put up a good fight they still fell two points short of the upset though and the Bills escape there were only seven, I say only, there were seven close games this week in the NFL on Sunday and Monday. The Seahawks took until the fourth quarter to score a touchdown and they got two of them. They needed it, though, to beat the Titans by three. The Lions played a close game in Minnesota, only beating the Vikings by six. But that clinches the NFC North for the the Detroit team. Nice to see them doing well. The Jets-Commanders game was basically over by half. The Jets were leading 27-7, but the Washington team worked their way back into this game, scoring the go-ahead touchdown with just 4.52 left in the game. But the Jets kicked a 54-yard field goal with five seconds to go and to take that W away. The Panthers tied up their game with the Packers in the final four minutes of the game. The Packers then got a 32-yard field goal to go up by three. The Panthers were driving with just 19 seconds left, but were not quick enough on the spike after a completion stayed in bounds. Time ran out for the Carolina team, who would have had their third win of the season and their second in a row, but alas, it was not meant to be. The Dolphins handed Dallas their second consecutive loss as they kicked a field goal as time expired to beat the Dallas team by two. Both teams were 10-4 and four going in and in the running for their division. With this win, Miami clinched a playoff spot and the AFC East. And then speaking of final second field goals, the Pats scored 20 points in the third quarter to be up 23-7 to seven going into the fourth. But Russell Wilson tied it up, which is 2.53 to go. Pats kicker Chad Ryland, though, nailed a 56-yard field goal to upset Denver. 
Then there were some not close games for this weekend. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence for the Jags left the game against the Bucks, and it was apparent. Tampa Bay put away Jacksonville easily, winning 30-12. to They didn't even score in the second half, by the way. The Falcons destroyed the Colts 29 to 10. The Browns, led by their 38 year old quarterback Joe Flacco, put the beat down on the Texans 36 to 22. That score looks a lot better than it actually was, as the Texans scored 15 extra points in garbage time. The Houston team was also without their starting quarterback, CJ Stroud. He is still out for concussion protocol. And then finally, the Bears beat the Cardinals 27 to 16. We had three games yesterday on Christmas. The first one was the Raiders-Chiefs game, and it was a huge surprise. Kansas City was favored by 11.5 points, but two turnovers do not help. The Raiders scored two defensive touchdowns to win 20-14. to The Chiefs are now 9-6. and I do not know if Taylor Swift was in attendance, by the way. The Eagles then bounced back after their third loss to beat their hated rivals, the Giants. The Philly team won 33-25. Jalen Hurts rushed for his 15th touchdown of the season. That is the most by any NFL quarterback in a single season ever. The Giants then tried to mount a comeback, but threw an interception to end the game. So, alas, they fell short. And then rounding it out for Monday Night Football, it was the Ravens versus the 49ers at the top of their divisions. Both were 13 or 11 and 3 going into the game. Niners quarterback Brock Purdy, though, threw four interceptions. So not too surprising that the Ravens ended up winning. Brock Purdy did go out of the game with a slight injury, and then it looked like they cleared him to continue, but they did actually keep him out of the game. Sam Darnold playing the rest of it. it the damage was, frankly, done, I think, at that point. So final score of that game was 33-19. to Ravens win it. And then I do want to go over a little bit of the standings since we are coming to the end of NFL season. In the AFC, the Dolphins and the Ravens have clinched playoff berths, both in the NFC and the – oh, in – while in the NFC, the Eagles and the Cowboys have secured their spot. The Lions won the NFC North, and the 49ers have clinched the NFC West. Eliminated in the AFC is the Jets, the Pats, the Titans, the Chargers, and then in the NFC, the Panthers, duh, the Giants, the Commanders, and the Cardinals. A little bit of Olympic news, really just skiing, honestly. Uh, Petra Volova edged out Michaela Schifrin in a rainy and foggy slalom race in France. Schifrin had the lead after round one, or run one, but she made up, Volova made up the .17 second difference in run two. Now both stars have two slalom wins this season, so it ought to be neck and neck for these rivals going into the World Cup season next year. On the men's side, Austrian Marco Schwartz is leading the overall standings over another Marco, Odermont. Schwartz won the night race in Italy on Friday and has put a lot of effort into changing from a slalom specialist to an all-around skier, and it is showing off as he has now taken the overall lead. So like I said, that is what happened over the last week. Not a lot of sports on TV this week, which is kind of crazy. No NBA basketball games are on reg- regularly, t- like regular scheduled programming or TV. There's only a couple on NBA TV, which I frankly don't even get. So I don't have any games to report. For college basketball, we only have one ranked first ranked matchup, and it is on Saturday. And this, by the way, I'm going through all of Monday through Monday, January 1st games as well. 
Saturday is the only ranked first ranked game. It is 22 Creighton at number 10 Marquette. They will play at one on CBS. Every other game is just a ranked opponent versus an unranked opponent. But in women's basketball, we've got a lot of ranked games going on. We've actually got four. Saturday, we would have a full slate at kind of like the early afternoon onward. Number 10, Baylor plays five, Texas at one on Fox. Number 12, Utah takes on eight, Colorado at two on Pac-12. And then number six, USC takes on number two, UCLA in the battle for LA. They will play at seven also on the Pac-12 network. That is all on Saturday. Then on Sunday, New Year's Eve, number 18, Marquette takes on number 15, UConn. They will play at noon. A little bit of college football as we've got a lot of bowl games this next week. So really only trying to hit a couple of highlights here. So we do have bowl games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Monday. But ranked first ranked action gets underway on Thursday. Number 18, NC State takes on 25, Kansas State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. They will play at 445, and NC State is favored by four and a half. Then we play, oh, excuse me, K-State is favored by four and a half. In the Valero Alamo Bowl, number 14, Arizona takes on 12, Oklahoma. They will play at 8-15. That is in Texas, so kind of a home game for Oklahoma there. That'll be on ESPN. And Arizona is now favored by three. Another ranked first ranked game is number 19, Oregon State, taking on number 16, Notre Dame. And Tony the Tyner Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. That will be Friday. They will play at 1 on CBS. And uh, Notre Dame is favored by 11. And then we get the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Number 9, Mizzou takes on 7, Ohio State. Also on Friday night. That will play at 7 p.m. Obviously in Dallas, as the Cotton Bowl always is. Ohio State favored by 3.5. Saturday, we have some great games. Starting with the Peach Bowl. Number 11, Ole Miss takes on number 10, Penn State. They will play at 11 a.m. on ESPN. And Penn State favored by 3.5. Then the Orange Bowl is number six, Georgia versus number five, Florida State. It's the who's really upset to be their least bowl game, in my opinion. Uh, they will play at three on ESPN. Georgia favored by 13 and a half. Then also rounding out, we have two unranked games as well that day. Then we have five games on January 1st. This is why I wanted to cover that because I will probably not do this um, on Monday. So wanted to go ahead and cover that as it is also the college football playoff semifinals will also be on Monday. But starting us out at 11 a.m. on Monday on ESPN2, the ReliaQuest Bowl, Wisconsin at or taking on number 13 LSU. LSU favored by 10 and a half. The Fiesta Bowl will be number 23 Liberty taking on number 8 Oregon. Oregon is favored by 14 and a half. They will play at noon on ESPN. Then the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl number 17 Iowa takes on number 21 Tennessee. So it is going to be defense versus high-powered offense. Who comes out on top? SEC versus Big Ten. It'll be an awesome matchup. That will be also at noon on ABC in Florida. And Tennessee is favored by seven and a half. Then Monday night, the college football playoffs begin at four, starting with the Rose Bowl. Number four, Alabama taking on number one, Michigan. Again, that's at four o'clock on ESPN on January 1st when you are super hungover. Check out the Rose Bowl. That's always in California. And Michigan is favored by two. That is when this opened. Then we have the All-State Sugar Bowl to round out New Year's Day. Number three, Texas, taking on number two, Washington, Monday night, starting at 745. That will also be on ESPN. They are playing in the Superdome. 
in Louisiana. And right now, Texas, or at least at the beginning, Texas is favored by four. We will then have the national championship the Monday after that, which would be January 8th. But obviously, I'll be covering that in next week's episode. This week, going on in the NFL on Thursday Night Football, the Jets at the Browns at 7.15 on Prime. We also have a game on Saturday, the Lions at the Cowboys at 7.15. You can catch that on ABC or ESPN. On Sunday, 10 different games will be on at noon on CBS and Fox. The CBS games are the Patriots at the Bills, the Falcons at the Bears, the Raiders at the Colts, the Panthers at the Jags, and the Dolphins at the Ravens. Then the Fox games are the Rams at the Giants, the Cardinals at the Eagles, the Saints at the Bucks, the 49ers at the Commanders, and the Titans at the Texans. At 3.05 on Sunday, on Fox, it'll be the Steelers at the Seahawks. Then at 3.25 on CBS, catch either the Chargers at the Broncos or the Bengals at the Chiefs. And then Sunday Night Football will be the Packers at the Vikings at 7.20 on NBC. No game next Monday. We do actually have two games for hockey this week. We've got one, the Bruins at the Sabres will be on Wednesday at 6.30 on TNT. And then on New Year's Day, the Golden Knights take on the Kraken at 2. You can catch that on True TV or TNT. Lots of also Premier League soccer games on USA or NBC. So check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for that. That wraps it up for me this week. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas or whatever holiday that you celebrate. A great winter break and you got to get some time off of work. As always, for more stories and times and obviously more bowl games, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. Thanks for listening in 2023, and I will catch y'all on Tuesday for the weekly update, first one of 2024.